Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Hi, and thank you, JJ, for that great introduction. And I also want to thank all my listeners from around the world, the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Norway, Germany, India, Israel, Australia, France, just to name a few. I appreciate each one of you. And when you leave your comments and reviews, it means a great deal to me personally and also to this show's success. Thank you so much for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope. On our show today, we have an author who needs to remain anonymous. As she shares her story, you will understand why. Her book is entitled The Secret Life of Captain X, My Life with a Psychopath Pilot. The author's name is Mrs. X No More. Now, I read her memoir, which is a compelling read, and I can highly recommend it, and she is going to share her story with us today. Her book was also not just a memoir and interesting, but it also is very informative, and she is going to share some signs of what to look for if you think you know a psychopath in your life. Today, Mrs. X will share her story of what it was like living with a psychopath who was a captain for a major airlines, and she's also going to inform us of the signs of a psychopath. These signs are probably going to surprise you, and her insight comes from being married to one for over 20 years. Welcome, Mrs. X No More. Thank you so much, Carol, for asking me to be a part of Never Ever Give Up Hope. And I hope your listeners will be inspired by my story and never give up hope. I do hope that they don't find out that they might be with a psychopath. But if they are, I will try and help them the best I can. That's great. That's incredible. Thank you. So let's start with what your life was like with Captain X. I have to say that I married late in life and I changed. I was living in New York working in theater and I decided to change my life completely because I was getting older, uh, pushing that big 4-0 and not married and single. And I decided to move somewhere else and I chose somewhere that I could just start all over again and... Uh, I thought I'd go into sales. What actress can't sell? Well, nothing worked out at all. And I found myself lonely, 
uh, not making very little money, um, pushing cosmetics, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I had assumed that I would be doing something. And I was so down, so depressed. And then I was staying at, at the time, had an apartment near the airport. And sitting around, I met a bunch of uh, flight attendants. And I, you know, we talked about men. And one just said, you know, I've got someone for you. And I said, what? And she said, uh, here, here's his number. Give him a call. And I, I said, why do you have his number? And she said, well, I'm dating someone. But he said, you could pass it on. So she said, he's a nice guy. So I thought, what the heck? And I called him. And then it happened. Hmm. What it's referred to in uh, this field of psychology is love bombing, actual love bombing by making you feel like you're the most important person in the whole world. They wine and dine you, buy you gifts, treat you like a princess. And all of a sudden, all these chemicals in your brain are going on. And before you know it, you're in love. Now, he was charming. Uh, I shouldn't say was, he still is charming. And uh, the first thing I tell people is, if he's charming, that is the average description, that word of a psychopath. If they're too good to be true, they're so charming. that it, it, it can charm anyone. And uh, he was charming. Uh, but I didn't know this. You see, I was brought up to believe that there is good in all people. And I always believe that. I mean, some people may have some rough spots or whatever. But the fact of the matter is that 4% of our population, they believe, can be psychopathic, which, by the way, is also referred to as sociopathic. Uh, the experts somewhat disagree on that, but the words are synonymous. Two of the best books on the topic. One is uh, by Robert Hare, and uh, he refers to him as psychopaths. He's the leading authority in the world out of Vancouver. And then the other one is, uh, the other book is, oh gosh, The Sociopath Next Door, an absolutely fabulous book, but they're on the same topic. So see, we have a problem with psychopath awareness or sociopath awareness because it's got two names and no one will get it together. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I, I continued dating him and before I knew it, they act fast. There are three individual parts of a relationship with a psychopath. The idealized, and boy, was I idealized. That's when the love bombing happens. I was put on a pedestal. I was treated like a queen. I had the gold earrings. You've got to have these. Oh, he treated me great. And then later on, as we'll get to, the devalue, and then the discard. They, that's the end. So I married him, and um, I was just what he was looking for, a trusting, loving wife. 
And I don't want to say that, you know, his field leads to people who have extra marital affairs uh, that can happen in, in any profession. But he is in an industry that allows him to be away and lead a secret life. Right. So then what happened was, um, to me, there was always something a little not quite right. And this is where I beg your audience that if you're in a relationship and your gut just is like, oh, this is too good to be true or something's not right, even if it's a little feeling, be careful. If I had to do it all over again, I should have listened to my gut feeling. Um, while we were married, in the beginning of the first years, we went through infertility. And he had no empathy whatsoever. Now, we all know people, a lot of women say, oh, men, you know, are babies when it comes to any of that stuff. But I ended out going through a miscarriage and he showed no empathy. He had no empathy and I just couldn't figure this out. That's one of the main signs of a psychopath, no empathy. They don't feel for people. They have their own sense of a world. And most cases, people believe, or rather the experts believe, that they do know that something isn't quite right with them, but they actually don't give a darn. Isn't that the same description as a sociopath, too? Sociopath, psychopath, exactly. So, okay, all right. They don't care. So uh, we proceeded on with our life and went through um, an adoption. And he took to adoption when uh, we got our baby, Gina. He was a, an excellent father as far as, uh, you know, loving her in my eyes. But now that I look back on it, she was more of a possession and it made him look normal. Uh, he would even answer for her uh, as she grew up. I, I would say, you know, how was school? And he'd go, oh, she had an A and such and such. And she did this. He had to control okay. everything. So did you notice something off at that time then? Like, did that bother you or did you just? Well, here's the here's the thing is that. I was married to an airline pilot. This is not a nine to five job. So he went in and out of my life in a sense. I was in and out of insanity. It's he was gone and I started feeling normal and then he'd come back. And I mean, yes, we had he psychopaths, sociopaths mirror you. If you are happy, they're happy. They have to look happy. If you are sad, they are sad because they mirror your feelings. That's how they grab you. Okay. So we ended out being married. And, uh, of course, he came from a very strong family. And I, I have to say, I mean, I was the perfect wife. I, you know, the Halloween costumes, decorating the house, making the turkey, doing everything. But I just 
didn't feel like I was loved. And then I would talk to him about it, but there is always something missing. But don't forget, I still never even studied psychology. I hadn't the faintest idea what I was dealing with. Um, I still thought there's good in everyone and that's the way he is. He doesn't show um, strong feelings. You know, I didn't hear the I love you. Oh, I got the flowers. I got the whatever. But it was all a show. No emotion. None. None. Um, I have so many well, I had a, a huge collection of cards that say, you know, like, happy birthday. And then he'd write, sorry about last night when we had a fight. Or getting a little card from a florist and it said, um, I hope everything goes well today. Sorry that we had the argument. Everything was sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from a very strong family and I had very few people in my support system. And then when he became a captain, captains make much more money. And we moved into a huge house called what I refer to in a chapter, the captain's house. And this is what psychopaths do. And I didn't even realize it. I suffered from Stockholm syndrome. He kept us away from other people. He likes, I shouldn't say he, they like to keep you to themselves and away from other people. They don't want to be exposed. And we had very few friends. And I, I, I was mystified by the whole thing. And he would blame everything on, well, it's my schedule. It's my schedule. And it wasn't his schedule in retrospect. But I did believe that. I did believe that it's his schedule. He would change his schedule eventually two, three times a day. I didn't know if I was coming or going. So as the years progressed, um, I went through a major, actually three major surgeries in 14 months. And this is when my daughter was uh, 16 going on 17. Uh, prior to that, I within 14 months, I had a uh, 360 spinal fusion, a total hip replacement, and an emergency appendectomy. And uh, he showed absolutely no sympathy. And how and, did that affect you at the time? Uh, I was... I thought I was going crazy. And to top it off, all, I I shouldn't say all, but if you are, uh, some listeners may be on Facebook or whatever, a common common thing that happens is that um, they, they make you feel crazy and they tell people that you are bipolar is the usual excuse. And yes, he said I was bipolar and they instantly put you in therapy. Uh, So I I was seeing a psychologist and I'll never forget the day the psychologist sat me down and he said, you have two things wrong with you. And I thought, oh my God, what? (laughs) And he said, yeah, it's what, what's happening to me? Uh, And he said, you're depressed because you had three major surgeries in 14 months. And I said, and the other? And he said, you're sleep deprived. 
Well, um, on a personal level, most psychopaths are extremely sexual. Um, and in this case, he used, I had the opposite situation happen. He, it would, they'll deprive you of that part of your life. Uh, the excuse was always, uh, even cuddling, even hugging. Oh, I've got an early morning trip. Oh, I'm tired from the trip. Oh, I'm whatever. And he, he always had a valid, what appeared to be a valid excuse. So, you know, I have no support system. I have, and he charmed the pants off of anyone we met until after a while, and then they went away. Now, that was, let me interrupt you here, because as you're talking, there's something that I think our listeners uh, would be interested in hearing as well. When you talk about your support system and not having any, what about the times when he was gone? Did you not have friends, and were they not seeing this, or were they charmed by him as well? I had gone from the performing arts to working with antiques, and most of it was on the Internet. So, of course, it was, you know, just like writing a book. You're alone. It's a very lonely type of okay. Yeah. So um, I had the neighbors. It was uh, everyone was younger than myself. I was an older mom and uh, living in a cul-de-sac. And uh, I tried. I tried. But also I realized he uh, was making me a little bit crazy. And I was scrounging for help or friendship what about i did family? end up with one couple that uh she was a good friend but when this all came out she didn't want anything to do with either of us and what about your family uh, my family has passed on okay and my siblings um that's complicated in itself much older and uh i, I didn't you have to remember at this point, I didn't know what he was. Okay. Okay. I mean, trouble in paradise, but I didn't know what he really was. Okay. All right. Go on. Well, uh, you know, I said he was attractive and funny and uh, he was just absolutely great. And he would, when I would, I would go with him on trips and he would you know, sit down, kneel down, come out of the cockpit, kneel down and go, how are the flight attendants treating you? But he'd say it right in front of the flight attendant. Uh, and he always put on a show. Like... Uh, Drawing attention to himself. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, he did. But then, um, get on to the good part, and that's when I found out how much in debt we were. I demanded he he always kept the finances from me and uh, please please if no matter what age you are women please don't be me know your net worth down to the penny which I do now um, I let him handle everything of course he's wonderful mm. you know and I found out that we were extreme in debt beyond uh, 
I couldn't comprehend it. And when I confronted him, he, of course, went ballistic. And in between all of this, there were occasional uh, physical altercations and whatever. This is after my medical. And then um, soon after that and after my surgery, and finding out about the money, one day he came home and he handed me divorce papers, the discard. So he was divorcing you. He divorced me. Much, I still had no idea. <laughs> I wow. had no idea that he was a psychopath. So then I went on his next trip. And, of course, the attorneys tell you to stay in the house, or at least in my case, stay in the house, don't leave, act like it's an amicable divorce. And I was married 22 years at the time. Wow. And the second he left, I went into his computer. And since we were networked in our state, I was uh, our computers were networked. I was allowed to use, look at his computer. And I found out that he was on eHarmony, which is sort of odd. I thought it might be an ad. Um, but he was on websites that were beyond pornographic and he was procuring prostitutes in our area and all over the world and he was a member of an organization which is now defunct i did cyber investigating and i never knew i had it in me i actually posed as a woman of the whatever to find out his reviews um <laughs> And I don't mean a review of his performance. This website, he would review their performance. Oh, my goodness. So he was spending from 200 to $400 a week on his hobby. Uh, some, some psychologists say that it's not that they really like sex that much. It's that they want to be the center of attention and feel the control but at any rate, uh, here I am, and the day I found that, there are some women who have a problem breaking away. That was it for me. So I told the attorney, my attorney, and um, not to put down that profession, but I did have problems with mine. And he said, um, you know, just act like you don't know this. And uh, I, I have stacks and stacks and stacks of evidence. And the final blow was to find out that he has been in, this is a quote, in the hobby for over 30 years. Oh, my goodness. So, in other words, it's amazing that I'm still alive and I did take two HIV tests in a row. How did that affect you as far as your emotions? Like, were you angry at yourself? Were you in denial? Um, what were, I what wasn't, were your emotions? I wasn't in denial. Uh, angry at myself? No. Um, I was on a quest after I found out that okay. information to find out exactly who this person is. Okay. And first thing that happened was I assumed he was a sex addict. And I ended up going to uh, support groups for that. But then 
I kept, I, I read everything there was to read on the topic of personalities, personality disorders, addictions, whatever. Um, and well, uh, obviously, I, I say I was a two-pack-a-person day, and I don't mean cigarettes. I mean Kleenex. I cried constantly. I was not on uh, any of the social networking uh, groups, and I wish I was. I was too busy trying to find out who he was. And after I did get all the evidence uh, together, I... I told my attorney I had to move into another apartment. If I stayed in the house one more second, I would not last. And I moved into an apartment, went to a secondhand bookstore and bought bought a copy of a book called uh, A Dance with the Devil. And uh, A Dance with the Devil is about the story of a woman who was husband tried to uh, kill her and uh, it's by Barbara Bentley, and she's been on made-for-TV movies and stories and whatever. And I took a highlighter, and the, it, her entire book sounded like my story. Oh, my goodness. And I just sobbed, but I, at the same time, I said, I've got it. I've got the answer. This is him. So Barbara Bentley mentions Dr. Robert Hare of Vancouver, who is the leading authority and started the PC, uh, PCL uh, psychopath test. And uh, I paraphrase it in my book. And I went through the whole thing. And uh, Captain X ended out to be absolutely, perfectly a psychopath. And he is. Now, where's your daughter during all this? That is, my book has many stories within it. I, when I approached him before um, I moved out of the house, he grabbed my daughter, and she is a daddy's girl, of course, and I became a victim of parental alienation. He took her at the age of 17. And she was obviously told that mom has mental problems. And she stayed away from me for about nine months at that time. And um, it's two steps backwards, uh, forward, one step backwards to this date. Of course, it's gotten much better. And I did seek out parental alienation syndrome experts an expert and uh did a lot of work with this expert and i it happens to women it happens to men and i followed her instructions and slowly but surely of course my daughter has now matured but she doesn't know the truth really no so does she know you wrote the book no okay Okay. Someday she will. Yes. I also kept all the evidence, so if something happens, she can read for herself. Right, right. It's it's um it's difficult, you know, to tell a child that oh, it's not quite right. Yes. Now, 
what really is the thing is is uh, difficult for people to understand is what causes this and is it nurture or nature and most people believe it's both uh, but now that they have fMRI scans, brain scans, uh, they can see that a section of the brain, which I believe is called the amygdala and uh, the frontal cortex, it's wired differently. In other words, they could show someone under a scan photographs of a beautiful kitty cat, a gorgeous field of flowers, a woman raped, and a gorgeous car, and they will give the same reaction really my goodness yeah very interesting yeah yeah and so when i realized my god and this is who i'm with um the divorce proceeded because i had that evidence which they kept very very to themselves but i Everyone has, not everyone has a tough time in divorce, but boy, I have a tough time sitting with someone going, we had an amicable divorce because I certainly didn't. Um, And as soon as, of course, the airlines did have a settlement and that was before um, the airlines were going down and they go down and up. And I, I did end up with somewhat of a halfway decent settlement due to, um, his part on being the one who uh, took the money and ran, right, and right, right. Life. And so I, I did fear him. I really, still to this day, do fear him. And I, at the same time, I was reading Barbara Bentley's book, A Dance with the Devil. I also bought books about retiring because at that age. I was, I mean, what are you going to do when you've had a 360 spinal and you've been working in antiques? I mean, I'm not going to make a living. And he took my daughter and she wouldn't answer me. So I decided to move to another country and try and keep in contact with her the best I could. And that's by sending a weekly long letter, now email, but a long email and remembering her and mainly telling her, I love her no matter what. And now we're at the point where um, we never go backwards. We never talk about the past. We talk about the present good, and the future. Good, good, Yeah. That's a form of healing, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And stay in the present. Um, uh, it's, 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 I, and I'm, I can't say I miss family because, I mean, he, there was no continuity of the family, and I always attributed that to his job. Right. Uh, but that isn't exactly so. So uh, I ended up moving away and keeping in touch with her the best I can, and I will say that I was invited to visit her at a tropical place on Mother's Day, and it was one of the most thrilling days of my Oh. life and things are getting better and uh and now it's it's hard because i have been diagnosed with uh post-traumatic stress disorder really and, oh yes most most victims of psychopaths are uh, victims of post-traumatic stress disorder you can't believe you were married to the devil a monster 
you can't believe that this type of person exists. But, you know, if you walk into a room of 100 people, four of them could be socialized, what I refer to as socialized psychopaths. And that means they're not criminals. He's not Ted Bundy. He doesn't kill dogs or cats. Um, He doesn't rob banks. He doesn't do things like that. But he lies constantly. He'll do only something to make himself be better, make himself look better. So what are some of the signs that that you had uh, mentioned earlier that people should look for? Charming is number one. Let's see, I paraphrase them in my book. Um, Excuse me while I just... It's... A million of them. Uh, Definitely charming. Definitely somebody who lies, constant lying, constant uh, avoiding you, or uh, holds back, withholds sex, or overdoes sex, uh, keeps finances from you, physical abuse, which I also endured. Um, you always make up excuses for them, and that's battered women's syndrome. You know, it's like, oh, I made him angry, so it's my fault. But uh, then when you put all the puzzle together, it's sort of like, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault at all. Um, and, and that's really gratifying to know that it wasn't my fault. And Absolutely. I do, yeah, I I do feel like feel really great about that. Um, I must tell you that uh, when I finished my book, one of the nicest things that happened to me was Aftermath, uh, Surviving Psychopathy Foundation, which uh, is an organization in the United States, and Dr. Hare is on the board of directors. They reviewed my book, and uh, the last paragraph of the book I'd like to read whether you have had the misfortune of dating or being married to a Captain X or not, this is a must read for those wishing to understand the behaviors which accompany psychopathy. So uh, I just burst into tears when I read that because uh, when I came to my new country, I spent three and a half years reliving the painful past, but I was driven. And, and you know how that is that you're driven to tell your story. And, um, I did, and I'm very proud of it. And, uh, and I wrote it to bring about psychopath awareness. People don't know that these people are out there and they could be anyone. They could be the janitor or your cleaning lady or your mother-in-law or your husband, or your lover, or a great example, uh, spiritual psychopaths, Branch Davidians, uh, the fellow with the Kool-Aid. I'm sorry, his name escapes me. But, you know, they Jim can, Jones, Jim Jones. Yes. In, in Raven, the book Raven about his biography, um, they say he's a psychopath. Um, and no one really, you know, 
knows you can't tell a psychopath by looking at him you just can't but eventually it will get to the point where they will be doing brain scans in fact there's an organization right now that is trying to make sure that most politicians have to take one of those brain scans <laughs> That's and, and we do have i mean i i don't want to get into politics but uh you know there's a lot of lying going on or, or evasiveness, which, you know, psychopaths do odd things. They they make you feel that it's your fault. They talk in circles, which is called word salad, word salad, all mixed up. And that is a psychological term. And uh, it, it, you're baffled by what's going on until you finally have an education in this. Um, I feel, and I've been on Facebook with many survivors and have said that I feel psychology, basic psychology should be taught in high school. We should know about the human condition and, and that there is evil about them. Oh, by the way, the worst part about this is that there is no cure. That was my next question. That's exactly what I wanted to know. Can they get help? No. In fact, it's proven that talk therapy is almost detrimental because they learn the ins and outs of it. So, no, absolutely not. There is, it, is no cure. Is it basically because they are manipulators? Extremely manipulators I mean that that's what they do manipulate anyone I mean there's no doubt in my mind that if he walked into the room right now he'd just say I want to get a word in and convince you that I made this all up I mean they're charming they're unbelievable yeah. I lost a lot of people that believe that you know Probably that I'm bipolar or whatever. And by the way, as I said, no, I'm not. Not that there's anything wrong with that illness, but uh, um, they try to make it someone else's fault. They go for positions of authority. Okay. Um, there's one author who did a book and said that, uh, you know, a lot of surgeons, a lot of uh, military. And by the way, conning women, they always con them by saying, I used to be in the military. I was in a private forces or special forces, and I can't tell you. And that's how they con people. Um, mine didn't con me that way. He just conned me, you know, in a sense of, you know, he would say, all the information on our finances is, is right there. But, of course, it'd be locked while he's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you never questioned it up until the point when you discovered it? Not a bit because he's so charming. And, of course, his family stood up for him constantly, constantly. He had a very strong family. And, by the way, I, I have always said that I would never point the finger at anyone else. But... Some some uh, professionals do believe that it does run in families. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, 
I I didn't go uh, elaborate too much on that in the book, but uh, there are children who are psychopaths. Um, the Bad Seed, the famous movie and book, The Bad Seed, that's a, psych, uh, a psychopath, uh, the little girl. And something to do, uh, something to do with Kevin, uh, which was made into a movie, and that was about a psychopath teenager. Um, these school uh, shootings. Yes, yes. Now, uh, when I look at the news and I watch them, in most cases, they are not psychopaths. In most cases, they are psychotic. And there's a big difference between being psychotic and being a psychopath. A psychotic is, and, and being a, a psychotic can be controlled by drugs. Psychotic is usually when you hear voices or are instructed to do things. A psychopath is a person without a conscience. In that's one a sense, good. That, that's a good definition. A person without a conscience. Hmm. And so, as I said, I wrote the book to bring about awareness. And there are many memoirs on uh, psychopaths, many different uh, ones out there. And um, because they are so litigious and frightening, by the way, he has remarried. And everyone says, well, then he's off your back. That's not so. They can come back in a week, a month, a year, or a decade. They have to, to win. To your life. Is it because of the need to win? The, the, the need to be in control and bother you. Okay. They're bored. They bore, the, one of the uh, signs is easily bored, needs stimulation, easily bored. So, Therefore, I do not keep a Facebook presence except for my website on my uh, Facebook page on my book. And uh, I don't use my real name. Psychopaths have been known to take their wives' names and start a whole new thing. And, you know, so you have to be very careful, very careful. So I don't, you know, I do I live in fear? I have protected myself as best I can. I am in a different country. I have certain friends who know. I have discussed it with the local um, authorities. And uh, if if he ever does show up, uh, he will be dealt with uh, in a good. harassing situation. But uh, they're not anyone that you want and to to meet. And I I hear of these young gals who are like, well, I'm living with them, and some of them say they're ill. That there have been the psychopaths who say I have cancer, and they don't to get you to get your sympathy, For attention, yes, yeah, or get your money. Okay. Uh, lots of them go for your money. Um, it's, it's very sad. And, uh, the only thing, and, but, oh, let's get to one thing that's very interesting. When I say that 4% of the population, it's very interesting in that out of the 4%, 3% are male and 1% are female. That is interesting. 
Yeah, some say it's Mother Nature's way of procreating the population, but um, I'm not too happy with that. That puts uh, a lot of female victims out there. Yes, yes. And a lot of children are victims of divorces because of these very sick people. Mm. What is in your future? Well... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I plan on traveling Uh, I have because he was a pilot I know how to travel light and I have learned about websites and uh, traveling inexpensively and I want to see different places left and do more writing and I think that's what I'll continue doing and do all the things that he wouldn't do with me, such as hiking and going places. He always had to look perfect. And uh, so I'm enjoying that. I've uh, been kayaking and climbing mountains and doing things like that. And is there another book in you when you say you're going to be doing writing? Yes, there is. Not quite got it formulated, but you know how that is. Is it going to be a novel, or what are you thinking? Might be a travel memoir. Oh, okay. That would be good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My editor on my book was uh, so supportive, and uh, believe it or not, I have comedy in me somewhere after writing a topic as heavy (laughs) as this. And and it's hard to believe – you know, when the one one book I read on uh, being a victim, it said he took the music away. Mm. And I still have problems with music. And that does get into another part of being a victim. A lot of victims are what we call super empaths. We feel your pain. We are so Filled with empathy. I mean, people look at people differently, but I've read quite a few books on empathy. And I, you know, I can fall to pieces seeing somebody who's in a wheelchair or uh, blind or whatever, depending on how I'm doing that day. And psychopaths can, you know, read that. They can Mm. see an empath a mile away. They can see somebody needy a mile away. And they'll grab them and get them. And um, I I do admit that I'm an empath. And I'm not ashamed of it. Because I feel it's an attribute. And I'm proud to know that I feel for the world. And I care And after living with somebody who is a hollow shell, and as one woman put it, it's like being married to somebody who's a cardboard cutout. There's nothing there. Wow. There's nothing there. Empty. Empty. Absolutely. But um, it is difficult for us to trust And the first thing I had to do was, uh, I was always very good with money. I was the one who'd go to Goodwill and find something that I could sell on eBay for $1,000. I was excellent with money. Uh, He was the one. And uh, 
But now I really learned about money. And of course, in, you know, the senior years, you don't really get to, uh, I shouldn't say senior, I'm young and <laughs> I did 14 miles it the other day. So I, I feel pretty good. That's and, no kidding. and I'm not going to, it's, it's a big knock and it's, it happened, but they, a lot of people believe that when you get kicked in the teeth like that, it makes you a bigger, better, stronger person. Absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with attitude. I'm hanging in there. That's right. <laughs> I absolutely am. So, you know, I I didn't give up hope. I knew that I didn't deserve this, and I had hope for a better future. I... I don't think marriage would be in it, and but I would. I will slowly find out. That's right. One day at a time, or whatever. But traveling and seeing the world and loving the most important person in the world, myself—that's something I didn't do with him. You're learning and, how to do that. Uh, absolutely, loving myself. I'm very proud of the things I've done and and picked up the pieces and it's it's great but I I do want your listeners to know that it's very important to realize that you should listen to your gut feelings about the people you are around and if somebody has a habit of putting you down and they're toxic don't take it personally just Get away from the situation because we don't need toxic people in our life. We need fun, happy, good people. Well, that's a good note to end it on. I'm sure that the listeners are going to have lots of questions for you um, just because they're probably going to wonder. I hope not, but you never know who could be listening, what they you know, are going through. And if they are wondering that maybe this is a place where they can secretly, confidently come and look for answers by contacting you. And I think that that is your goal. That is one of the reasons you wrote the book. That is where your heart is, to help somebody else, to help them avoid the things that you had to go through. Absolutely. My website is psychopathsurvivor.com. Perfect. Okay. And I am a survivor, and uh, many people are, and I will keep being one and spreading the word of psychopath awareness. So I hope that no one ever goes through what I did, but it does happen with the amount of people, and I wish them a quick exit from that person and onto a better life because it is a beautiful world, and I, my eyes are open to that now. And that's your goal, is to open other people's eyes as well. Right. And for that, I thank you. This has thank been, you. This has certainly been enlightening and informative. And as you're talking, I'm sure people are thinking about different people that they know and wondering why they never could quite, you know, get their finger on what was wrong. Right. I certainly um, had my thoughts as you were talking. I do recommend your book. Like I said, it is a compelling read. It's it's something that you will not be able to put down. It's a story that needs to be shared. And I really, really appreciate that. And I thank you. And I thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much, Carol. 
and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.